0: Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, the first official episode of 2023. My name is Peter Klein, thank you very much for tuning in today. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for liking, um, or for thank you for watching, please like and subscribe to the, to the, uh, the channel, and also uh, leave a comment if you are listening in podcast form. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you possibly can. Um, coming up on the show today, we run through the NFL, it is our final stupid podcast good fantasy football team of the week. Uh, we are looking at the OG Ananobi trade as the Raptors make a gigantic move with the New York Knickerbockers, uh, and we also get into uh, a little bit of the World Juniors. I was on uh, Game Over Juniors 2024 today over on SDPN, breaking down Canada's heartbreaking loss to Czechia, um, so check that video out now, but uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more big picture stuff here as this show rolls on. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok talk i'm at primetime klein twitch.tv slash primetime pk and you can email this show couch potato diary at yahoo.com all right let's get into it and talk some football So the NFL is winding down, and the Baltimore Ravens are heating up. Uh, the, the Ravens made a statement this weekend with a dominant win over the Miami Dolphins, and there is obviously a lot to dissect from this one, but I think the first and foremost is what a performance from the Baltimore Ravens. Just absolute dominance, um, and again, this offense is showing that they can score on anybody, and the defense is showing uh, it's tough to score on them. This is such a complete team, and I have said for a while that this is the most complete team in the AFC. This might be the most complete team in the NFL. I still think that's the 49ers. But this Ravens team is putting up amazing showing after amazing showing. And it has been just an absolute treat to watch what they have done. So I I have really, really enjoyed what I've seen from the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson. There's still a couple throws he wish he would make um, every now and then. But, I mean... You, you take the, the the bad to get to the elite he is probably the mvp i still kind of think it should be christian mccaffrey but look lamar jackson is playing out of his mind football right now the last frontier for lamar jackson and the one that kind of makes everyone just like okay t- just take a breath take a deep breath just <sighs> the last thing for lamar jackson can he do it in the postseason? because we know he's done it, he's been an mvp before he has lit up the nfl in the regular season Now it is time to see what this particular player can do when you get to the postseason. I will be so interested to see what they do in the second round as they wrap up the uh, top spot in the AFC this week. On the Dolphins side of things, um, it is concerning how many good teams they've lost to this year and like all of their stats they're putting up against bad teams. Excuse me, like that, that is obviously a concern for for this Miami team. I still think they are a good football team. Um, I would favor them to beat the Buffalo Bills this weekend, but you 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 have to have some major concerns about Miami, especially if they don't win that game against Buffalo and they have to go out on the road. That home field advantage in Miami is huge for them, especially this time of year. Um Yeah, that that's going to be a, a monumental task for for this Miami team to have to go you go from playing one, maybe two home games to none uh that that's that's quite the drop and so miami this is a monster game coming up for them this weekend uh the team they'll be facing is the buffalo bills that is the sunday primetime game and this was a bit of a humbling performance for buffalo in a loss and a lot of times buffalo has been humbled in or sorry a a humbling performance for buffalo in a win a lot of times they have been humbled in losses before but this was one where like they should have gone in and kicked the crap out of the patriots but new england was able to to keep it close against buffalo and this is a a Bills squad that like they, they have been riding high the last couple of weeks I do think you have to look at this now as a bit of a learning, like, hey, just a reminder, there's still a couple of holes in this thing. Um, and they, they, like, again, you come away with a win, so it's a good way to, to learn and win at the same time. But Buffalo, I, I really do think they need to mind their business going up against Miami coming up this weekend um a, a bit of a same thing for the la rams um i thought they would light up the new york giants defense and it looked like they were kind of setting up too um but then the the giants make this one a very close game late and um it, there are concerns around the defense i think for the, the la rams and the offense isn't perfect but i mean like they get the the tr- potentially get the detroit lions in the first round of the playoffs that would be That'd be a real interesting matchup for, for, for those of us who maybe aren't as on the Lions bandwagon as others are. Um, I, I think the Rams would be a trendy, upset play throughout the week. But like the, the defense still needs to come up with a few stops. And the Lions, oh, we're not going to get them on here. But the, the Lions offense is playing much better than they were even a couple of weeks ago. Um, just an awful loss for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. That, that was... That was dreadful. That That is, like, some of the other losses, you, you didn't like how lopsided they were, but you, you can kind of, okay, well, it's, it's a good San Francisco team. Buffalo's playing well, blah, 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 you know? Um, Dallas is pretty good. But th- there's no explaining away that Arizona loss. And look, d- does it hurt deeply that it costs me are arizona under three and a half wins play yes it does it's um it, it's insulting and i'll never cheer for the eagles again but um i also got a james connor touchdown that helped me win a third place game this in, in fantasy this week so i'm not gonna be too upset but um i think you do have to look at coaching now in in philadelphia like th- this thing has been off the rails for a little bit and it seems like the adjustments have been i don't know we'll figure it out um defensively this team isn't good and that is a huge step back from where they were a season ago. And offensively, um, they've, they've taken a step back. And obviously, like, they lost their play caller, so that was always going to be a bit of a challenge. But, man, um, I, I think a lot of this falls on Nick Sirianni. And the cocky come at us, all that stuff is great when you're winning. But when you've lost, like, five in a row, it... It tends to ring a little bit hollow, and so this is now where he needs to be a leader of this football team and get this team back on track um, as they now potentially and probably head out on the road for the post season um the Pittsburgh Steelers offense I am kind of buying what what's being sold here as the Steelers make a push towards the playoffs they're gonna need some help um but you can very clearly see how not it Kenny Pickett is when Mason Rudolph is going out there and lighting things up um it, it's it, it It makes for an interesting discussion around the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers this upcoming season. They did a great job of getting the offensive coordinator out who was the problem. And you can see, it's something we've been harping on all year. Pittsburgh's got the talent everywhere, just not at the quarterback position. So we'll see in a quarterback heavy draft um, and a quarterback eh, free agency, but with a, a few guys who can fill some gaps anyway, we'll see what the Pittsburgh Steelers are able to do at the quarterback spot uh the, the Kansas City Chiefs get a win that they desperately need with a, a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals it wasn't perfect um it doesn't answer a whole lot of the questions but like they they needed that win in just the worst way with uh Denver and Vegas to a lesser extent kind of breathing down their necks this was a win the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely needed and they absolutely got it now they are going to have to play road playoff games probably for the the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career but they are are setting themselves up here to at least feel a little bit better going into the postseason and we'll see uh, if they can unlock Travis Kelsey a little bit more uh lastly the Green Bay Packers get uh, a game that they needed on um, on Sunday night, and they're now in a win and you're in situation this week. I We have talked about for a bit how much we like the weapons on this team, how much we like the development of what's going on in Green Bay. This is a win you can build on. And I think this is absolutely a season you can build on. Defense needs to be the focus of the draft, but there is a lot to be really excited about in Green Bay this season. And there's a lot to be excited about for a football fan. I think there's only three or four games that don't have playoff implications this week. It's going to be a blast, so um, I I can't wait to to break it all down throughout the week. Uh, We're going to change things up a little bit. Tomorrow is going to be the final NFL Power Rankings for the season. Uh, We're going to do that coming up on Wednesday, Um, and then Friday we are going to have... I guess it's not going to be our final. Uh, It's going to be the, the final second, the penultimate, uh, power rankings for the season, uh, next week, we'll, we'll probably do them as well, getting ready for the NFL playoffs, and then, um, the, the preview shows on Fridays will continue, as always, uh, but yeah, that is what's coming up NFL-wise here, uh, throughout the next couple of weeks, now, one thing we've been doing, this is the final one for this, uh, the, the stupid good fantasy football team, uh, the, the shitty fantasy football team that could have beat yours, fantasy football can be a cruel, cruel thing, although, happy to to say, did win a championship in fantasy football this year, Um, had three top three, three podium finishes, I guess you could say, um, for for fantasy football in the six leagues that I am in, so hooray. Um, But each week, we we want to show how difficult this thing can be, and how just, sometimes it's just random. Um, So we look at the top performance, I say we, it's me, I look at the top performances of um the players who are owned the least across fantasy football to see just how how stupid a good fantasy football team could be at the quarterback position we start with aiden o'connell just five percent owned the raider quarterback 20.26 fantasy points this week uh darius slayton is our wide receiver he is three percent owned 16.6 fantasy points our other wide receiver Bo melton who uh was appropriately zero percent owned 16.5 fantasy points. At running back, you know these names a little bit Justice Hill from Baltimore, uh, 19% owned, 17.2 fantasy points. Elijah Mitchell, 13% owned. 14 fantasy points. At tight end, it's Jawan Johnson, someone who was a waiver wire pickup for us a few weeks ago. Um, he, 15% owned, 15 fantasy points. At our flex spot, Julio Jones, just 1% owned, but he comes up in championship week with 15.4 fantasy points. The New York Giants defense, not something you would expect. They are 2% owned, that you'd expect. Um, 16 fantasy points. That's not what you were expecting. And our kicker is Kaimi Fairbairn. He was 7% owned. He was a top three kicker on the week with 16 fantasy points. This team, with leaders like Justice Hill and Jawan Johnson as your top owned players, came up with 146 fantasy points on championship weekend. Fantasy football is such a cruel industry. All right, a big trade happened over the weekend. Let's talk about it in basketball. So uh, OG Ananobi um, is moved from the Toronto Raptors to the New York Knicks. Uh, Obviously my focus, you can see Kawhi behind me, um, is going to be on the Toronto Raptors. I like this trade a lot from a Toronto perspective. Um, RJ Barrett almost feels like a bit of a buy low candidate. it feels like they they had kind of whatever they were going to get out of RJ in New York they they already got and so if RJ was going to find another level and kind of the level that would justify a number three pick um, he's going to um, it, it would it would have to be in a different spot and so it's now in a different spot and it's a spot he's very comfortable with. He talked about growing up a Raptor fan, talked about the importance of basketball in this country, represented his country at the the World Cup this last off season. He is someone who gets it and gets how important this team and this situation is. And so if he is going to elevate his game, this makes a ton of sense to for, for to, Toronto to, to bring him in. Um, quickly is, I think, going to be the headliner for a, a lot of basketball people. Uh, exciting young player, 24, 25 years old. The issue is he wants to get paid. And um, the, the Raptors, I, I think, are still in a bit of a, a rebuild situation is quickly a guy you build around. I think the Raptors are going to give him every opportunity to earn whatever contract he wants over the next um, 50, 60 games. But it's it's the type of player that you think fits with Scotty Barnes immediately. It was the type of player that the Knicks just were hesitant to throw into various trades for for star players. Um, but now he, he gets a fresh start in Toronto, and I, I think a, a situation that he works really well in. The one thing I'm a little bit concerned with from a Toronto standpoint is, a couple of years ago, this was a team that got the most out of a lot of players. They haven't really done that in the last little bit. They've kind of got the least out of a lot of guys. And so... This is now a real important time for Toronto to maximize these minutes and see if this can be the growth and development team that they were um, five years ago or so. On the OG Ananobi side of this, from a Toronto standpoint, you hate to see him leave. Um, He was a guy, he was the type of player that the Raptors had been looking for forever. Uh, Nice, like, to say 3-and-D, I think, uh, limits what he can actually do a little bit, but... um, yeah, just the, the exact type of player that this organization has been looking for for a very, very long time. He played exactly how he needed to. He grew with this organization and is is someone who can really set a, an attitude and a culture on the court. And so that that's what you're getting out with the Knicks. Uh, th- this does make them better. Um, it, it raises... I think it raises the floor more than it raises the ceiling for for this team. And I think Toronto kind of does the same, quite honestly, um, just with the the depth issues that they have. But, like, I don't think this puts New York in a tier with Boston or Milwaukee or anything like that. Um, And they gave away, like, one of the pretty big assets they had to trade in Emmanuel quickly. They still have some picks that they can move if they want to go out and make a a big-time splash. And OG is an expiring contract. Maybe they flip him again. Um, But this is... This is... A real interesting player to play with Brunson, but I think especially, he's a real interesting guy to go with um, with Coach Tibbs. I think that this is, like, a hard-nosed defensive coach is going to love everything that OG Ananobi provides. You can throw him out there against the other team's best player. He's guarded Giannis and done okay. He's guarded Jokic for stretches and not been eaten alive. Um, he is... He's a really, really interesting player for Tom Thibodeau. So I think this is going to be a fun mix to see what he does out in New York. From a Raptor standpoint, what's next? I feel like this does mean Siakam. Um, I don't think it means Siakam immediately. I think they're going to want to see what this group can do. And it, I think they look at the future right now as Barrett, Barnes, and Quickly. Um, So a nice BBQ uh we will see if pascal siakam gets thrown into that as well or if he is uh, another trade the one thing from a raptor standpoint you wish there would have been a bit more of is draft capital but I-, I like that they got a couple of younger-ish players anyway instead of going for draft capital and what is as of right now considered a, a bit of a-, a skimpy draft so that's uh th- that's it from the-, the raptors side of things that they-, they come away like they lost to the pistons we all kind of figured that was coming honestly uh given how the season is gone but they came out with a nice win against Cleveland the other night so we'll see how this team kind of meshes together as the season rolls on um let's wrap up with a couple of quick thoughts on hockey team canada is done at the world junior hockey championship following a heartbreaking overtime loss against czechia and um for for more thoughts on this i was on game over international over on sdpn uh we did the live stream the video is up now you can also get it wherever you are are consuming this podcast but um i i do i worry about overreacting to stuff like this because it's an under 20 tournament and like it's happening during the junior hockey season so th- there was a lot of people who were saying you know what they need to do blow up the chl make a-, a canadian development team much like the us does and let these guys grow so we can have better results at this it's like well i don't know if i'm exploding an entire development system um just so we can get awards in a-, a u20 tournament like i get this is a-, a wildly important tournament here in canada and tsn has done a great job of making it so It's a measuring stick, but it's not something you need to go out of your way for to just completely annihilate an entire program and decades of infrastructure in the Canadian Hockey League. But I do think there is something that Hockey Canada needs to do a little bit differently. Um, I've talked before here, I've done play-by-play for a few minor tournaments um, around Calgary here. And one of the things that has infuriated me is when, like you can see, when you're doing like under 15 tournaments and under 18 tournaments and stuff like that, you can see... There's a talent gap on some, right? Like right away, it's like okay, that dude's a good dude, and that dude is trying really hard, and you'll see a kid who is so obviously, um, so obviously better than who he is going one on one with, and still dump the puck in, and okay, well, pucks in deep, and let's try to grind, and it's like, man, make a move, go to the net, and score a flashy goal. Like I feel like much like a lot of personality has been coached out of players here in Canada. I feel like. A lot of high end talent. I'm not going to say it's been coached out of players because we still have like the Bedards and McDavids and all of them. But I feel like the acceptance of high end offensive skill and the acceptance of a lot of one on one, quite frankly, offensive skill has just gone the way, uh, has just gone away. And now it's a lot of well, you gotta got do what's right for the team and all of those things. And yeah, like you, you do, but sometimes what's best for the team is oh, I'm better than that guy, so I'm going to go around him and I am going to score the puck. That's that seems to be a pretty good thing to do. And so I, I think Hockey Canada needs to look at how we are actually developing high end talent because Canada just didn't have enough in had just didn't have enough in this tournament. They just simply did not. And that's that. Like again, they've won back to back, so. This isn't a giant referendum and Hockey Canada needs to change and we need a new Hockey Summit. But, I do think that the more could be done to kind of modernize things uh, a little bit. They also could have utilized the, the roster better and and selected different uh, players that maybe fit things a little bit more advantageously. But, like, overall, hockey's caught up. The the, the world has caught up to Canada. We, we've known this for a while now, right? Um... And so I do think it's up to Canada to kind of adapt with the times a little bit more than they actually have. But it's been a fun tournament so far. It really has. Uh, watching Macklin Celebrini, you can see why people are so hot and bothered to lose a bunch in the National Hockey League. The kid is really, really good. He sees the game so well. He has such a complete offensive game. You get really excited about a player like that. Um, and I, I came away falling in love with Beck and Danielson. I thought those guys put on a real good show for what they could do as... Uh, third and fourth line checking forwards and just the uh, tenacity they could bring at the NHL level like you could put Beck on an NHL team tomorrow and he could play that exact style of hockey for the next like 10 years of his life Um, like he he was I was so impressed with him and now like the tournament continues Canada's done but the rest of the tournament continues uh, we will see what the rest of the tournament has in store that is going to do it for today's episode one more time like this video if you stuck around to the end you may as well subscribe to the channel you've stuck around you kind of like what's going on so uh yeah do that i have a lot of different ideas for 2024 uh, you can find me on social media twitter instagram and tiktok i'm at primetime twitch.tv slash uh, and you can email the show couch potato diary at yahoo.com tomorrow is going to be an interesting day um we are going to have the uh, regular podcast tomorrow nfl power rankings uh we are going tomorrow is wrestle kingdom day So we are going to preview the Japanese version of WrestleMania. Uh, I might do those as two separate shows, um, just so that the wrestling and the the regular sports don't commingle uh, quite as much, but we'll see, Um, we'll see how all that goes. And then I am going to do my darndest to watch Wrestle Kingdom live tomorrow night and, um, and then do a instant reaction show once that is done, which will turn into a podcast for Thursday. I am hoping to also have a regular podcast out on Thursday, but obviously the, the old sleep calendar is going to be a little thrown off uh, with with all of that. But uh, and then regularly scheduled Friday show uh, coming up with um, NFL preview, and then it's going to be the best of, uh, best and the worst of MMA, boxing, and professional wrestling for 2023, the final of our year-end shows. So that is what's coming up. For more of me, um, subscribe to SDPN. Like I said, I was on Game Over International earlier today. I'm going to be on Game Over uh, Calgary as the flames take on the Minnesota wild this evening. Um, and I'm going to be on game over a few times here over the next little bit as, uh, as Audi gets a bit of a break. So, uh, one more time, thank you guys so much for tuning in happy new year. And I'll talk to all of you a lot over the next little while.